All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Recording deep into the Monday night football here for our episode number 62, uh, Wednesday, October 5th edition. Uh, we're talking predominantly injuries, MVPs, and week five prep. Uh, before we get deep into our content this week, we might as well say hello to the fellas and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll get things going here. We'll, we'll start it off this week with Armand. Armand, uh, how's, uh, how's life been this last little week? And maybe give a little bit of update on some of your fantasy squads. Oh, I'm actually in a tight game right now during the Monday nighter here. I uh, It's like a 50-50 split on whether I'm going to win or not. My players are all done. But uh, the guy I'm playing in our uh, school league has Ayuk and Higby. And going into the – are we into the fourth quarter yet? Well, um, through. giving you an exact update right now, I have a buddy over watching the garage. Big, uh, big fan of the charity league. Uh, we're in a couple leagues together, old Brady Weilman. He says, oh, we're in a big matchup this week. Uh, it's going to be decided on the Monday night. Or you want to go watch? So then I said, sure. You want to come watch in the garage? Uh, he has San Francisco's defense. I've got Kittle. <laughs> and uh, San Francisco just had a pick six. So that's going to do it. So uh, real deadly here as we're recording while he's just literally laughing at me. So anyways, sorry. <laughs> sorry to interrupt you there, Armin. But uh, yeah, San Francisco just scored. And it's got six left in the fourth. Okay, yeah, I uh, I have eight points spread, so hopefully there's just no touchdown to Ayuk or Higby in this game, and I should be fine. But oh my god, I'm so stressed right now, and you can tell it. <laughs> week it only took us to week four, folks, but we're there. Zach, yeah. how about you? How's uh, how's things been going for you? Yeah, not bad. I think you might have passed on your sickness though. Uh, this past weekend, I was under the weather. Picked up but, the bed uh, too, or what? No, well, maybe the tests say not, but maybe who knows. Oh, it's all right. Well, better, better that than than I guess actually getting it. But like I said, I'm just uh, recording right now with uh, with my buddy, and well, he's well, he's in a couple leagues with me, and he's also in the uh, in the charity league too. But um, my my fantasy league dreams are well and alive, and also dead at the same time because. I'm going to possibly stay undefeated in my dynasty team, which is what I'm all looking forward to here, but losing, hey, me too uh, in one league. losing, losing some key, uh, key cogs to the, to the, to the machine here too, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but um, we'll uh, get a, get, get things going here a little bit. A couple of things I wanted to talk about. So obviously the Tua injury, we'll talk about that. I think in insiders and headliners, but that Euro game, first of all, put a bunch of sour taste in a lot of fantasy managers mouths because you know starting the game off nice bright and early for us it was what what 7 30 some people it was 6 35 30 a.m it was pretty wild depending on where you're watching but Kamara last second no start and and a lot of uh, fantasy managers starting lineups uh whoops r.i.p to us because uh we did that in the <laughs> we got rinsed pretty good in the group chat there but i missed it by literally about 14 minutes they want to set the alarm, woke up. I was like, oh, game's about to start. Oh, Kamara's in the starting lineup. That's a mistake. So I uh, live, live and learn, I guess, on that one. That one kind of sucks. For those you know what I woke up for that one, Jordan? What's that, sorry? I, I woke up for that one because it was the Vikings game. and uh, But I had uh, to take care of uh, my, uh, my little toddler in the morning. So I kind of had my headphones in and the game playing while I was looking after my guy. So didn't even check fantasy until the wife was up. So sorry about that, boys. That's on me too. Cause I was actually awake. Well, 
it is what it is. I was also going to say, you know, they had the the early one this week, but I think they also have another one too. Isn't it the uh, Green Bay plays the early one on Sunday at 7.30? So for those yeah. at home, you're going to be watching some injury reports and whatnot, start to sit decisions. Don't make, the, don't make the same mistake we did here on that one because that one burnt us. I mean, we still only got like 60 points. So I don't think it mattered all that much, <laughs> but uh, we got toasted pretty good. But um, I was, was kind of giggling in the group chat too. The Euros, I think, loved that one because it was a kicker's duel. Um, there's 26 points amongst kickers and six field goals made amongst the entire game. And then, uh, ending on a double doinker on a last second field goal. It was, uh, it was oh. a kick dream and a Euro's dream, I think for, uh, for a European game. Armin, how, how, uh, how much was it? Like, how long did you hold your breath for on that, on that kick? No, oh, the whole time I was wild. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was, I was fairly confident though, that we'd win overtime if it went to overtime, but Holy, the double doink. I couldn't believe it. It looked like it was going to be good. And then just doop, doop. always love a double doink. Yeah. Um, we'll kick things off here with our 22 fresh quick question of the week for week number five. And uh, we officially surpassed the quarter mark of the fantasy season, which is super upsetting to say out loud because it's going super fast. And, and we know how fast the fantasy season can end in a hurry. But at this point now, who is your fantasy MVP? And uh, Zach, you got a couple written down here. So maybe we'll start with you with your with your MVP as well as your honorable mention. Yeah, so the, the MVP that I put down was uh, Jalen Waddle, who is currently wide receiver three on this season. And uh, based on a quick little calculation that I did, is the player number nine overall, including quarterbacks. And he came off the board in the early fifth round as wide receiver 19. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, my honorable mention is Christian Kirk, who uh, right now is wide receiver six, but was drafted as wide receiver 40 in the eighth and ninth round. Both those guys, along with a few others, I think are going to be uh, the type of receiver that you got you know, later in your draft, but will probably finish as your wide receiver one on a lot of rosters. Armand, do you want to share yours? Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I looked at it and I was like, I got to put him here because right now he's sitting at RB one and you could have got him in the second round potential. You might even got him as an RB two on your squad. Um, and that is Nick Chubb, my guy. And he, he actually has a pretty big, uh, size advantage between him and the guy behind him. So he's giving you a little bit of positional, um advantage as well um he's got uh seven points up on saquon who could also be an honorable mention here and then him and saquon are just running away with it with uh, jamal williams being the third guy at 70 points and nick chubb at 85 so um i just you got to put him in and saquon because they're both outperforming their adp they might be your ib2 on your squad or you could have went uh, stud wide receiver and got them as your RB one still in the second round. So I'm curious Dude. to see, I'm curious to see after the bye week, how that's going to happen when the return of uh, Deshaun Watson comes. But I mean, you got, you know, for sure, you got at least seven full weeks of, of Nick Chubb time. So you're uh, it's going to be pretty tough to miss the playoffs. If you got Nick Chubb on your roster. <laughs> Um, I got, you know, I put down one, but I think I got a couple honorable mentions. I might as well throw out there too. And, uh, I think we're, so I'll, I'll start with my actual one and it's Clyde, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, uh, my guy from last season. Um, <laughs> and he's putting up the production we wanted to see last year. 
but this year you got a significant discount if you're getting them. Uh, you got him somewhere between the probably the fifth or sixth round at RB27 off the board, uh, and he's currently at RB4. So Armin was listening off that list, RB1, 2, 3, and then there's Nick Ch- or sorry, there's Clyde Rosalaire sitting there at RB4. Um, so if you have him on your roster right now, uh, he's a prime candidate for a sell high, I think, in my opinion, because he's done it four, four weeks in a row and absolutely slamming. And you, you could easily turn him into a, a pretty, pretty viable fantasy option at this point. But right now he's definitely a, an MVP on your roster. The other one I wanted to mention too is, you know, sitting here with Wiley, we've been talking fantasy football this entire, entire evening. Uh, we talked about Amon or St. Brown. He missed an entire week and he's still sitting at our uh, wide receiver seven on the season. Which is, which is crazy to think that he missed an entire week. So a quarter of what we're talking about, and he's still sitting there at wide receiver seven, which is, which is incredibly impressive. Um, but I also want to say that there's a couple other names that I thought could be, could be thrown in this list. And one of those actually we have on our, our um, charity bowl team. And I was actually pretty happy that we snuck him kind of late. And if you have him on your fantasy rosters, I think you're doing pretty good. That's Jalen Hurts. I think he was a slam dunk for this. If you had a half decent week four, uh, him and Lamar, I think both could be in contention for that too, with, you know, those middle to late round quarterbacks, but uh, both of them had a bit of a tough week four. And I think maybe took them a little bit out of the contention for this, but are definitely some honorable, honorable mentions worth, worth discussing as well, too. Um, Getting ourselves into some uh, insiders and headliners. uh, We got, unfortunately, quite a bit to talk about. So we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll get things started. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I'm Ron Burgundy. So the first thing we'll talk about is the Tua injury. Obviously, if you watched Thursday Nighter, that was a, an incredibly scary uh, scenario and seemed to be watching um, was what seemed as like some sort of paralysis state from uh, head trauma and was on the field for, for a substantial amount of time. Uh, he's already been ruled out for this upcoming week, and I think he's going to be out for a substantial amount of time. And if you are any sort of football fan, you've been paying attention on Twitter or even just getting notifications on your phone, uh, the NFLPA is still doing their investigation from two weeks ago. The individual or the outside hire for the N- NFL that was doing the original head trauma assessment and the, and the protocol after the original week, uh, he's been fired, and I don't think that's going to be the only fallout from this. But uh, it was obviously an incredible, scary situation, but – as fantasy people and fantasy analysts, we need to move forward and talk about what this means for fantasy. And you know what? Teddy Bridgewater didn't have a terrible game and you can't expect a whole lot from them as the team's trying to rally around or rally after this scary situation. Um, it kind of, you know, as my, if Miami could bounce back from that, it would have been incredibly impressive, but moving forward now, Teddy Bridgewater had a decent, decent evening. What can we expect? Obviously Zach, you're a big waddle guy. Uh, he was a my guy. Um, I know we talked about Tyree Kill extensively in the offseason, and both of them come out to an incredible start to the season. Uh, is there any sort of maybe concern with Teddy Bridgewater, or do you think that he can at least support one, if not both, of these moving forward? I wouldn't worry too, too much. I think uh, this is actually maybe a better case scenario than most teams would have. Uh, I think Bridgewater is a better backup than most teams have, so um, I guess all things considered, it's probably not the worst it could be. If you are somebody like me that really values the, the weapons there in Miami. Um, and then the two of them kind of profile to me, at least as similar, uh, types of quarterbacks, uh, neither one of them is known for their, uh, extensive arm power, 
uh, pushing the ball downfield. Tua has been doing that more this year than in years past, but that hasn't been either one's calling card uh, throughout their career. So um, I wouldn't expect the game plan to change too much from, from one to the other. It's not like you're going from like a Trey Lance where it's very run orientated to like a Jimmy G where it's less run orientated. I'm sure the game plans will stay the same. Or I guess well, I, would, I would assume the game plans will stay the same. And the fact that you might see two again before the end of the season too, you know, like we don't know that timeline, uh, but right. two, two very comparable quarterbacks. So I think that's a, that's a good point to mention there, Zach. He's a great backup to have for two. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to hit this and this is going to kill me. <laughs> this is incredibly difficult and sucks and i was all i thought about the entire time when this happened was zach literally said last week well i'm not a javante guy but i guess maybe you guys are believers let's see what he can do moving forward uh what he can do moving forward is blow an acl and be done for the season and put a, a huge gaping hole in a lot of my fantasy teams uh so this is this is really 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 crappy news um, not only for if you have them in redraft, obviously you can drop them at this point, it's over. Uh, but if you have them in, in keeper leagues, in dynasty, keeper especially because you don't know what to expect moving forward next year, uh, you probably had to use a decently high draft capital to get them. Dynasty leagues, he's still quite young. So, I mean, there's still a lot of value there on the bone there. But, I mean, he's got to get healthy. He's got to have a successful surgery. It's just a tough situation, obviously, for him, for fantasy owners. But moving forward, um, there's a lot of moving pieces. Like even just about 15 minutes ago, Latavius Murray was picked up off of the Saints practice roster to replace the hole. Mike Boone looked terrible. Uh, Melvin Gordon's got four fumbles already, and he's battling an injury. So, and we talked about how terrible the Denver offense has looked at the start of the season. So, there's a lot of moving parts to this. We're gonna have to continue to monitor this, what they can do moving forward, and what they look like next year uh, or next week. Sorry, but uh, this this is terrible news. Uh, especially if you're relying on Javante to try and take that step forward. So that's a tough piece of news. And I'm just going to leave it at that because I'm going to start shedding a tear here, I think on the podcast. So this really sucks. Armin uh, in dynasty come by Javante off me. Thank you very much. You know, I, uh, I might kind of uh, go do that because I'm not in any compute now mode, but uh, I've already got four offers for him. So it's been, it's two of them were not great. I'll be the first to tell you that like they're like auto declines. And then the one I got is actually not too bad, but I, hey, I think my offer is pretty good. I'm sending you the RB one on the season. So yeah, your offer was maybe the worst offer I've ever received. <laughs> That's actually not true, but it was not great. It was, uh, it, it, we were jokingly texting back and forth and it was, uh, it was not awesome. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to say it out loud to embarrass Armadei. <laughs> <laughs> But there is a deal to be done here. Armor, we're going to get this done off the pod. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the next one, and it's funny because it was the other piece that Armin wanted to buy, was uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, ankle injury. Tests all came back negative, which is awesome because there was concern that we were looking at either a fractured ankle or, you know, maybe a, a severe high ankle sprain. Uh, but they all come back negative. They even said that, you know, he's a possibility to start in a Thursday nighter, which I think is pretty unlikely. Uh, but the nice thing is obviously playing the Thursday nighter, having a full 10 days off before his next, I mean, next game, the following week, it's looking likely he's probably just going to miss one week, but Jonathan Taylor is setting up to be a pretty juicy buy low candidate because he's had what I think three really poor weeks now in a row and then going to miss a week with the injury. So I would be looking that way uh, pretty quickly too, but 
Um, going through this a little bit quickly, obviously we're getting through the insiders and headliners a little bit long. Cordero Patterson was just placed on IR with a knee injury. So he's going to miss minimum of four weeks here as well. Um, we record and post for the Wednesday. So obviously your um, by the time you're listening to this, your waiver wire has already gone through, but Tyler Algier is looking like a real uh, decent option. Uh, Mike Davis, uh, hopefully you don't have to pick him up and play him. Hopefully you have other options, at least because that Atlanta offense was not looking too great, but this is tough news. If you had picked up Patterson late again, like in the eighth, ninth round, um, you look like you had another hidden gem. Unfortunately, you're going to be missing him for, for four weeks. Um, rookie Traylon Burks and rookie Jahan Dotson are going to be missing time. Jahan Dotson looks like one to two weeks with a hamstring injury. Traylon Burks is still unknown how long he's going to miss as he was carted off this week. And then Jameson Crowder with a broken ankle. Uh, the timeline is TBD, but uh, hopefully none of us were relying on Jameson Crowder. But that does mean um, you can get a little bit more value uh, in those Buffalo receivers. Hopefully that uh, Davis can step up to the plates and, and be a little more successful. And then there was a couple other options that were a little bit sneaky plays. Uh, you know, Isaiah McKenzie starting to get a few more targets and, and, he's, and he's almost good for a touchdown a, a week, it seems like. So that's also good news for Isaiah McKenzie if he's, Hopefully he's not sitting on your waiver wire still, but if he is, you should be definitely going to pick him up. And he's, I think, a viable option for, for a start for sure. Um, going into our weekly recap, do you want to start the uh, studs and duds section, Zach? Yeah, you bet. Uh, my stud this week was none other than Jared Goff, who, uh, as I was typing this on my cell phone today after school, came out as Jared Goof. Hey, Which, he was the uh, opposite of that. He was yeah, the opposite. No of that. kidding. Uh, came to the tune of 34.2 points, uh, 26 of 39 passing, 378 passing yards, uh, four TDs and one interception. Um, and I guess the real reason I, I uh, chose him was because the damage he almost did to one of my dynasty leagues this week. Um, he is my third quarterback and I was debating playing him, uh, after the news of Winston going down, but I decided to go with Trubiscuits instead and, uh, (laughs) up up until, uh, up until tonight, I was getting beat pretty bad, but by the grace of Debo Samuel, we came back to win it. And, uh, that happened right before the pod started. So. Well, Zach, you know what? I'm going to tell you, you should go listen to this podcast called the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast because <laughs> I'm pretty sure last week there was an analyst that said, hey, go start Jared Goff as your streaming quarterback of the week, and his name would be Armin Schellenberg. And so far that, uh, you know, QB1 of the week, that was a pretty good hit there, Armin. Hey, thank you. Thank yeah, you. Uh, thank absolutely. you for pumping my tires because if you didn't, I was going to do it <laughs> on my own. So just in case you haven't heard of that podcast, Zach, maybe go listen to it. The uh, the missing piece there was the uh, DeAndre Swift and Amon Ra both being out. So I thought, holy cripes, this is going <laughs> to be the Jamal Williams show. They're just going to want to get out of Dodge. It was the, the Jamal Williams show too, though, is the thing. Holy. That game was an absolute shootout. Like, I watched it, obviously, as a Lions fan, but that was exhilarating football. Like, it was just like – you get a touchdown and you get a touchdown who likes touchdowns. Everybody gets a touchdown. <laughs> it was just insane. Williams defense is arguably one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Like it's incredible. I think st- statistically it is the worst they have right now. <laughs> the best scoring, best scoring offense and the 
the 32 scoring defense. They've given up 10. It's 10 not arguable. It's which is, factual. It's, it's the worst. Im- it's impressive that they've given up 10 rushing touchdowns. I think they've also given up six through the air, which is like this. This seems made up, but it's impressive. <laughs> but hey, good offense with bad defenses. That's fantasy gold, baby. Yeah, it makes oh, for some yeah. entertaining games. Um, Armin, you want to talk about yours? Yeah, my stud of the week is Josh Jacobs, who just came back from the dead this weekend <laughs> and put up 32 fantasy points in half PPR, 28 rushes, which is a holy crap number of rushes for 144 yards and two TDs and then five receptions for 31 yards. I mean, that's production you haven't seen out of uh, Jacobs for like a year and a half now, it seems like. So uh, good on Jacobs for uh, reviving uh, his fantasy irrelevance. And those uh, those receptions are a nice little cherry on top too because that was what was Jacobs was missing for those couple of years. You know, he was, he was unreal in the ground game, but just yeah. couldn't take that leap in the, in the, in the passing game. And now five, five receptions. That's just a nice little cherry on top to it. What was already an awesome fantasy fantasy performance. Um, speaking of which I have TJ Hawkinson in two, in two leagues. I didn't play him in either of them and I played against him in three others. So I felt the burn of this man big time, but TJ <laughs> Hawkinson was the number one player of the week. That's all quarterbacks, all wide receivers, all running backs, all everybody, the number one player of the week. Uh, he put up, depending on what kind of leagues you're in, I know there's tight end premium leagues. The charity league we, we host is, is triple points for tight end. So they get one and a half points per reception. Uh, but it just in half point standard half point PPR leagues, he got 35.9 points on eight receptions, 179 yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, in our charity league where we get one and a half points per reception in for tight ends, I think he put up like 48 points or something like that. And single handedly was winning somebody the week, which was just absolutely insane. So if you had TJ Hawkinson, this was awesome. If you played him, good for you. Uh, hopefully you caught that W and that was great. But now what you got to do is you got to take him and you got to flip him into a better option because um, now we know if you're playing Seattle, you play your tight ends. We've already knew that leading up that they are kind of weak to the, the tight end position. Now TJ Hawkinson booming has just kind of established that, that play your tight ends against Seattle. But at the same time, TJ Hawkinson has been mediocre, if not bad at the first three weeks and now missing some, obviously a monitor St. Monitor St. Brown, uh, I'm missing uh, DeAndre Swift. It was obvious that TJ Hawkinson had vacated targets to step into, which is obviously the same situation we had with TJ Hawkinson a couple of years ago, which is why everybody loved TJ Hawkinson. So now if you can flip him off this monstrous week, you got to do that. Like I'm thinking Mark Andrews off of another terrible week. He's had, I think his week one was bad. Week two, three were great. And then week four was bad. So if you can flip him into that, uh, Kelsey had a good week this week. That might be a little bit difficult. Um, or maybe you can even flip him for a lesser tight end. And then, you know, a, another starting viable option. That's something that I'd be, I'd be doing for sure because Travis or TJ Hawkinson, there's uh, greater than chance he's going to finish between probably tight end five and tight end eight on the season, which, what does that mean? He got you on average six points a week. Like that's just kind of the tight end position throughout the year. Uh, so I'd be looking to flip uh, this big performance into some, some serious fantasy points for you moving forward. Zach, you want to talk about your dud? You bet. My dud this week was none other than Amari Cooper, proud owner of just shy of one and a half fantasy points, uh, one reception and nine yards on four targets. Um, and this has kind of been Amari Cooper's calling card uh, since he um, 
came into the league. Uh, some big boom weeks and then some real uh, downer weeks. Uh, this season, week one, uh, 3.2 points. Week two, 20.6. Week three, 19.6. And week four, uh, this week, 1.4. So looks like week five and week six, he's probably good to go off for near 20. And then come <laughs> week seven, he'll just crack a one there. So just uh, ride the wave. Absolutely. And, you know, he's got to try and figure out the calculations here when, when the mathematically it says to play Mark Cooper. Yeah, Mike, you... my, all of my students know patterns, so they'll, they'll figure this out pretty good. <laughs> I, uh... Uh... I have Najoku on one league and I, I hit him good this week because you just got to look at where the other team is weak. They don't, they just go where the other team is weak. They're not trying to force anything or anything at all. Oh my goodness, Zach. I think you just lost on that Cooper cup reception. I'm talking to my brother-in-law right now who Zach is playing and he goes, Oh man, <laughs> bad beat for me. If uh, it's a real tough beat, so I lost by under a point. He goes, unless Cooper cup gets thrown to on this play. And he gets thrown to <laughs> 15 yeah, yards. I That's had, a real bad beat, man. I just can't I have had no business. I had no business winning that week or this week. Oh, that's uh, so I made funny. some real boner decisions like <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Like, obviously, you start him, but like 11 yeah. points. Uh, Waddle, what, you got me five points? Thanks, bud, for coming out. Devontae Smith, 3 2. <laughs> Like I could have started Davis and Mills and it would have been just as good. Oh man. If it hasn't updated yet, but I think you actually might've literally just lost on that play, which is actually, sorry. That sucks. Well, they're, they're, they're desperate here. So we're going to throw the ball to Cooper cup again. And he'll fumble here. So it, it doesn't matter if it's the first drive or the last drive is Cooper cup time. I think, but yeah. oh, no, Higby's lined up out wide. <laughs> well, they just ran the ball with Henderson. They, they're waving the flag. Yeah. It's over. Oh, yeah, Start the go. bus. Armin, oh, you want to talk yeah, about your uh, you want to talk oh. about your dud? Yeah, I just want to celebrate my win here. I won by one point five points. So hey, my thanks. team's undefeated still too. Armin, let's uh, let's go, let's go. <laughs> All right, uh, my dud of the week. Jordan already mentioned him. Mark Andrews. He only put up two point five um, half PPR points, two receptions for fifteen yards. That's just not what you need from Mark Andrews, especially with the draft capital you put into him. Um, for him to put up a stinker like this, you don't expect him to put up 20 plus points every week, but do you expect at least, I'd say a minimum of eight points from him? And this was just uh, not good. So um, he'll bounce back. We know he's a good player and he's going to get the targets there, but uh, um, just suck to have him on your roster this week because you're, you're banking on those points. Mine, uh, mine's one of those same ones too. High draft capital, bad production. Uh, it's JT. I talked about him already at the start of the episode. Uh, he put up a whopping 2.8 points on 20 attempts. I mean, so a lot of people might say, oh, you know, because because he got injured. Well, he still had 20 attempts leading up to that. Uh, he had 20 attempts, one fumble, and then obviously the injury. So uh, I talked about before, if you can go buy low on JT, especially if you're like three or 4-0 now, 3-1, and one, hell, even if you're 2-2, two and two, it, it might not be the worst decision you can make is, is trying to go get JT. So uh, go, go try and get him wherever you can. And, and I think that's a, a decision that's that's definitely worth making. Uh, you know, I think there's, uh, there's definitely a lot of other um, options that are a lot worse that you could have on your fantasy roster, but uh, buy low on JT. Like if you have, I think Josh Jacobs off a huge production or, you know, Miles Sanders two weeks in a row, you can go and flip that into a JT or, you know, Melvin, Melvin Gordon now without Javante for the rest of the year, package that up with something and you can get JT. Like I know there's a lot of concerned managers 
And if you know for sure he's going to miss this week and then you're possibly on five, you can't, you can't go on five because then they're going to have a bye week coming up. So, you know, you're going to be missing GT again one more week. That's a tough position to be on a losing team. Uh, so there might be a lot of panic in the streets. So, so go buy low. Uh, I'm talking about buying. Uh, there it makes no more sense than going to 22 fresh and, and, and buying low. You know, we're talking about buying low and take a buy low with an extra 15% off. We've been talking about their fall collection has already been out. Summer collections on blowout. And uh, they're getting some nice new partnerships. I've been talking to a buddy of mine that's uh, that's been helping out with 22 Fresh, and he works there and does some some good work. And he's talking about some really cool new uh, new stuff coming out right away. So if you want to jump on 22 Fresh and get some of their new product, well, it makes it makes all, only sense to go and get 15% off using the 306 Fantasy Football promo code of 306 FFB15 on checkout. So our partnership with 22 Fresh benefits you folks at home by utilizing the promo code of 306FFB15 for 15% off at checkout. A 22 Fresh is awesome product. They're awesome to deal with. So support local, support the podcast, and shop 22 Fresh. Um, Moving into our weekly preview, uh, I have a new little jingle. I had this last week and I forgot to play it. Zach's going to appreciate this one. And this is our weekly prep segment. Twenty-four hours after the game, you, you got to move on. Right now, we're preparing for Cincinnati. There's no Will Ferrell, but uh, a couple of Bill Belichick stops will we'll get you going, I think. Um, okay, weekly preview. We, uh, no, none other than looking at uh, Armin's full stream ahead. Last week, you know, Jerry Goff's call came in a big way. Uh, looking at some of our start sets, actually, were pretty awesome as well, too, and. And like I said, we're just carrying this, carrying this moving forward. We've, we've hit in a big way so far in the first quarter of the season. We're going to keep going and uh, full stream ahead. Might as well uh, throw it back to Armin and see if he can hit in a big way again. You know what? Uh, I think you got to keep that uh, Jared Goff train uh, going. Choo-choo! Zach, he- double, double down, throw it all on black, eh? Yeah. Um, you know what? He, uh, he showed last week, you know, he's a good guy to have on your, on your streaming options. Um, this week he is playing none other than new England. So Zach, you can, uh, at least have something to be happy about when Detroit puts up a ton of points against new England there. Are we doing a side bet Zach this week? I feel like, I feel like this is fair odds here at this point. The uh, the Jared Goff Bailey Zappy Bowl, the game that nobody had on their calendar, but now everybody's tuning in for. Yeah, just just to see who has to spin the wheel. I think it's got to be it's got to happen. <laughs> oh, Sorry, Ar- like, I'm on I'm on back bets here with Armin not paying up. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we just got to get together here. It might be a Thanksgiving or a Christmas special. I think at this point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two wing nights. Yeah, well, we'll just have um, to, a couple orders of wings. We'll have to just two, two for the price of one. Yeah. So, yeah, you know what? Keep the good times rolling with Goff. He's still available in 50% of leagues. And he's playing New England, whose defense is not great this year. And we know that uh, Detroit that can't stop anything. So they're going to have to keep going uh, all game long to pedal to the metal. Um, if you want another option as well, uh, the other guy I'd throw out there is after a tough week, um, Trevor Lawrence should have a bounce back this week. Um, I'm thinking uh, you if you don't can't get Jared Goff, he's not available as much as uh, 
as uh, the old uh, Jared Goff is there, but he's available in 30% of leagues and he's playing Washington, which is a little bit easier defense than he did last week. So um, he should have a bounce back week here and Jaguars have been looking pretty good. So I would trust either of those guys as a, as my stream this week. In, in our dynasty league, Jared Goff was on the waiver wires and I picked him up last week and I lost Dak due to injury. Um, Kyler has been very mediocre at best. And now he is, I think, playing Buffalo this upcoming week, if I'm not mistaken, or Buffalo or the Rams. He's got a tough matchup regardless of coming. And I'm like, you know what? I'm 100% playing Jared Goff in this upcoming week. So I'm jumping on board the train too. Zach didn't listen last week, but I'm going to listen this week, Armin. It's Jared Goff time, I'm telling you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You bet. Okay, well, do you want to kick things off here, Zach, I guess, with your uh, start of the week? Yeah, let's go. So this one might be a little uh, spicy, certainly a little bit risky. Yeah, a little bit risky for you. But uh, if you're looking for a wide receiver to not only probably uh, take off your bench and start, but most likely take off the waiver wire and start, uh, I got you guys a name. And that is Pickens from uh, Pittsburgh playing against Buffalo. Uh, I saw a stat today on Twitter uh, that said uh, once Kenny Pickett entered the game for the Steelers, uh, Pickens uh, had, or, or rather was tied for the team league in target share with four targets, and he caught all four of them for about like 78 yards, I believe. Uh, he tied uh, Pat Firemuth for targets once uh, Pickett came in. So if you're looking for a wide receiver, uh, George Pickens would be an interesting play. Certainly somebody that could blow up uh, either good or bad. Uh, and then Friar Muth as well, the tight end for Pittsburgh has been putting up a very good season. Uh, he is somebody that if you're not starting him, I would consider starting him as well. That's uh, honestly, I was, I was digging at it. Cause I was like, there's gotta be something there. Um, and I just didn't have the gusto to go there, but uh, definitely like I know I'm in what three 14 team leagues we're in a couple together uh, and there's definitely some guys out there that are, are grasping some straws and I think if this is one where now there's a transition midseason if you guess right you can hit in a big way like who knows it could be Claypool for all we know and if all of a sudden Claypool goes from zero points this week to all of a sudden being a stud but George Pickens the rookie and rookie connection seemingly was what we're wanting to bet on here and if you hit you hit in a big way that's for sure and Pickens has seen his target targets increase each week uh, this season. And his blocking highlight tape, uh, we've talked about it in the past. It is quite impressive. He laid out a few really good blocks this week again. And I think for a team that may look to run the ball a little bit more than it previous had, uh, having a guy like that can, that can lay out some big blocks will only help his case to get on the field and then to stay on the field. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. Uh, Armin, I really like this one too. This is, this is a gutsy one as well, but I think it's definitely one that's uh, worth betting on. Yeah, my uh, my start is Raheem Mostert. Uh, he's playing the New York Jets this week, who they're weaker on defense and potentially no Tua. So, like, there's the potential that they might run the ball more, even though we talked about earlier they, they might not. But, uh, um, there's that potential there. And this is the third week in a row that he has out touched Edmonds and he looks more explosive than Edmonds. He's 
um, getting more yards on, on per carry than Edmonds and just more efficient with the ball. And just Edmonds has vultured a few touchdowns in the red zone. And that's he had kind like of 70, 74% of touches too, didn't he? Or something along 74 or 76% of touches or yeah, for like a per, a, percentage snap. Sorry. Yeah. It's not like a slight, slightly out edging Edmonds. It's a, like he is getting the touches. They're looking at him way more than they are Edmonds. And I think even in the red zone, I, I saw that they're, they're giving Mozart the same amount of touches in the red zone as Edmonds. It's just Edmonds has been the one who's been lucky enough to have the blocking in front of him for yeah. his plays, right? Um, and then secondary, Tyler Algier. Um, you might still be able to get him off waiver wire even, and he should be a good start with Patterson going on the IR. Um, if he's still available in your league, go get him. Um, and I also have to apologize. Um Trevor Lawrence, I said earlier, playing Washington. That's incorrect. He's playing Houston, which makes it an even better matchup than playing Washington. <laughs> that, that tees it up well for me because I'm talking about the same matchup. Uh, my start of the week is James Robinson uh, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. And I like this matchup just strictly based on numbers. Give me a math guy for the week here uh, playing against Houston. Houston has given up 688 rushing yards so far and five touchdowns in the four weeks. And they are only second worst at the position uh, next to Chicago um, or sorry, second worst or third in, in no particular order. The worst run defenses in the NFL are the Chicago bears. Number one by far. And then I can't remember if it's Houston two or Detroit two, uh, but they're one, two, three in, in some sort of order there. Um, so Houston, obviously not great uh, in the run defense. James Robinson has looked spectacular and Travis Etienne is kind of still looking on the wayside. It's whoever we talked about this before, but whoever did the uh, Achilles injury and uh, repair for James Robinson, um, you got to get that guy to do some sort of other medical research because it's been incredible to watch him come back and be faster and more explosive than he was before. And uh, James Robinson against one of the worst rushing teams or rushing defenses in the NFL that are giving up one of the highest amount of touchdowns to the position as well. Um, That is just a no brainer start in my opinion, strictly based on mathematics. So James Robinson is going to be plugged and played in any lineups that I, I have him. Uh, Zach, you want to talk about the the opposite here, guys that you're going to be putting on the bench? Let's go. Uh, if I had shares of Zeke Elliott, I would consider sitting him this week against the Rams. Uh, with the exception of tonight's game against the Niners, uh, the Rams were giving up uh, one of the fewest amounts of points to running backs on this season, uh, giving up 9.9 points per game to running backs, um, which is not what you're looking for when you consider that they're going to be splitting touches, him and Tony Pollard, uh, against the Rams. And I believe the Rams are still a dangerous team on offense and maybe not as potent as they once were, but they're still dangerous. And that leads me to suspect that there may be an unfavorable game script for the Cowboys in which they may have to turn to the air and Cooper rush more so than uh, feeding Zeke on the ground. So if you have other plays, I would consider uh, shying away from Zeke Elliott. Yeah. It's hard to say, you know, this week, because 
obviously the San Francisco has not only one of the best run games, but they also have one of the best utility weapons in the entire NFL. So they got exposed a little bit there, but that's just to be expected in, in that San Francisco offense. So uh, the Rams defense is still incredible. And I'd, I'd still be quite concerned if I was a, a Zeke owner. Uh, Armin, do you want to talk about uh, your guy here? I know this one's probably going to burn your tongue a little bit talking about this one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, when Adam Thielen from the Vikings versus Chicago, um, it's just been too inconsistent um, for the the Vikings receivers. I think the only one that you can start with confidence right now is uh, Justin Jefferson, and he even put up a few dud weeks there. Um, but uh, I think K.J. Osborne looks better. And then it's also Chicago, who hopefully the Vikings will be able to stop, and, like, their offense isn't anything special, so – you're thinking the Vikings should hopefully be in a running the ball game script all game long rather than uh, passing it with uh, Kirk Cousins there. Oh, I just wish Cook was healthy. This is such a smash matchup for Cook, but it's yeah. just he's so banged up that I just hope it's not a split between Madison and Cook. But, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Cook is the number one RB on the week. Like, not as – I wanted to make him my start of the week, but that was just, I thought, too obvious. <laughs> Obviously, if you have <laughs> Cook, you're starting, especially in this matchup. But Should have put Madison. Yeah, well, there's no guarantee there. If Cook's, if Cook's <laughs> going, you know, like it's – but yeah. I, I thought, you know, James Robinson, that's a smash one too, especially somebody that might be a him and Han because that's that, that's going to produce in a big way. But my yeah. sit here, this one, I mean, it, it seems like a no-brainer, but I think people are getting a false sense of hope of playing uh, this player because he had a good week one, uh, a subpar week two, and is slowly declining. Uh, and J.D. McKissick out-touched him, out-carried him, and out-received him as well. And now with the return of Robinson to that Washington offense, this is a no-brainer sit, in my opinion. Antonio Gibson, not only is Tennessee's defense very, very good against the run, like in in yardage, they are very average, uh, middle to upper pack in the NFL, but they've only given up one rushing touchdown in the entire season so far. And that was week number one to Saquon Barkley against the Giants, which is no scrub. But then the next upcoming weeks was Buffalo, Las Vegas, and Indianapolis. So Buffalo run game, okay, a little bit more suspect, but I mean, Josh Allen's been incredible on the run. Um, and then, you know, Singletary in the red zone hasn't been terrible. Then Las Vegas, you saw what, uh, what, uh, sorry uh what josh jacobs was able to do this week and then indianapolis i mean we know how incredibly good uh, jonathan taylor is even though he was terrible this past week against him so only one rushing touchdown is incredibly impressive for the tennessee defense and then with all these things stacking up against antonio gibson and the return of robinson obviously we talked about him in that uh in that armed robbery instance i don't know if they're gonna plug him into the lineup this week right away and then just hand him the entire offense but he did get out-touched by Gibson this past week. Robinson is returning, who they named their number one RB before the incidents. Uh, and Antonio Gibson is kind of getting phased out once again. So uh, I know there's a lot of name value and week one value uh, from the name of Antonio Gibson. But the numbers in this situation are against him, as well as, you know, the, the defense and the return of, of other players. So I'd be sitting Antonio Gibson and seeing if I could package him up in a deal and ship him out before he just becomes pretty much a, a drop value at this point. All right. Now transitioning here into uh, Wellesley's wagers. Uh, I guess the first thing I'm going to talk about is how last week's going and how so far he's on a bit of a heater. I uh, was, you know, Thursday night or after the two injury, we talked about a little bit. Obviously it's going to be tough for Miami to bounce back off that one. And we had an 0 three Thursday, which, you know, it happens, but bounces back for a four for four Sunday. 
Uh, so he ends up finishing uh, above 500 at four for seven on the week. And so far he's 10 for 15 on, on his, uh, on his uh, predictions so far on the pod. So he's coming in hot. Uh, we'll make the drop and we'll get uh, Wellesley's wagers going. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. Woo. 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 Ow. Love that money. Okay, well, it's uh, it's not the greatest Thursday night football game, but we might as well start there. Yeah, Thursday night stinks, let's be honest with each other, especially with uh, Jonathan Taylor going down. I want to recap last week, Thursday, Tua going down really screwed, screwed the boys <laughs> over. <laughs> he went down, and I instantly texted Jordan and said, well, that's about it for me. Uh, Sunday night, Sunday, we bounced back. Nice. 4-0. Can't really ask for much more than that. Um, this Thursday, though, like Jordan had said, stinky 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 colts broncos jonathan taylor he's in a walking boot right now no chance he's playing and javante williams is toast javante williams acl gone we're gonna take the under in this one 43 minus 110 so i hate betting the under i'm an over till i die guy but i mean this one is i think almost too obvious under 43 at minus 110 then we're going to take a Jerry Judy anytime TD. I don't have the odds on that one yet, but when it does come up, you're probably going to want to hammer it. I don't see anybody else really scoring a touchdown for Denver, Courtney, myself. Corden Sutton, maybe, but the odds on Jerry Judy is going to be better than Corden Sutton. Yeah, and I mean, I think Jerry Judy, he's the number one guy there. He's He should get a touchdown. Uh, Denver right now is favored, minus three. Don't love the line. But that's what I'm going to run with, minus 115. So recap the Thursday. We got the under at 43, minus 110. Jerry Judy, anytime TD. Don't have the odds on that yet. Already know I'm hammering it. And then we got Denver minus three at minus 115. Sunday, there's a couple stinky games there too. But there is some money to be made, I think. The Patriots-Lions game, I'm going to take the Lions money line plus 140. I think the Lions have looked really good. Patriots, you never know what you're going to get with those guys. I like the Lions at plus 140. Then we're going to move on to the Browns, Chargers. Going to take Chargers money line there, minus 155. Niners, Panthers, life's too short to bet the under. We're going to take the over at that at 39, <laughs> minus 110. Recap, and then we're going to finish tonight off strong. Bengals, Ravens, we're taking Bengals money line plus 150. Oh, we're going to ride with Joe Burrow. So that's about all I got. Yeah. Um, before we finish off the the gambling corner, maybe talk about uh, how quick you hit your little parlay on the on the Monday nighter, or sorry, the oh. Sunday nighter. Sorry. Oh yeah, so, yeah, Sunday nighter. I can't even remember what I had. I had a th- I had a three same game parlay. Uh, I think I hit it in the first half. Kel- Kelsey anytime touchdown. Ceh anytime touchdown. And Kansas City money line. Yeah. So I got an early payout on that, and then I quickly reinvested that money into uh the buccaneers trying to make a comeback i was the odds were like plus 550 and i was playing with house money at that point i i had to like if the bucks if anybody's gonna make a comeback it's gonna be tom brady and if he makes a comeback and wins a game and i don't put even a little bit of money down at plus 550 i'll be kicking my own ass oh i was just howling because you sent me that screenshot of the whatever the 
whatever it's called the promo the, promo bonus yeah, it, was like a, it was a bet boost yeah so i was looking at that and i was like you know what like this could hit you know you never know what to get the tampa defense is looking not too bad but both players are looking okay and i i figured uh even though kansas city was plus money line i thought they still had that one like a no-brainer i didn't think you're gonna get paid out in the first 12 minutes but i mean like hey, it was still pretty sweet yeah i had i had uh the bet boost so i had kansas money line uh ceh anytime td kelsey anytime td and then i had two separate bets kansas money line so i hit i guess you'd say five bets within about 16 minutes and then i just pounded buccaneers money line for a comeback which i mean didn't didn't suffice but hey god hates a quitter yeah i even had a real good weekend and then lost every single penny of it betting on the rams and money line and every other prop i, I hit a bunch of props but i still got smoked trying to take the rams money line at plus 110 jordan is slowly turning into a <laughs> full-blown degen and that's kind of my fault but hey it's it's awesome once you guys like going 10 for 15 it's free money we're, we're playing with free money here <laughs> we're playing with free money oh. it is it is just the best now you gotta save your bankroll a little because we're gonna get into the later years it's gonna get a little tougher we might get on a little cold streak don't want to say that but hey it, it very well could happen i mean not to point fingers. Look at the last guy. We went on eight. Yeah, that's sport. That's sports investing. Yeah, it's sports investing. So, right now, just to recap for this this week, Thursday we got the under forty three minus one ten. Jerry Judy anytime TD. Denver minus three, and minus one fifteen. Sunday Patriots Lions. We're taking the Lions money line plus one forty. Browns Chargers money line on the Chargers minus one fifty five. Niners Panthers over at thirty nine. Minus 110, Bengals-Ravens to cap off the uh, hopefully successful weekend. Bengals money line, plus 150. Right on. Anything else to add here there, Luch? Uh, not at the moment. I will uh, – I'll pass my picks along for Monday night. I've been pretty ice Monday, but I'll pass my picks along for Monday and we'll po post them on the 306 story just so you guys can follow along there as well. Absolutely. Right on, Luch. Uh, we'll take this uh, passing along and we'll we'll wrap this episode up. All right, so that's going to wrap it up here for uh, for the guys here for episode number 62 as we prepare for week number five. Um, I don't know, do we have anything here worth adding? I guess obviously maybe the one thing to remind you, uh, one is take your Thursday night players out of the flex position, and two, obviously with the Green Bay game coming up nice and early Sunday, don't don't make the Kamara mistake that we did. Make sure you know, you're know you checking that one either bright and early in the morning or or have a contingency plan lined up just in case. But anything else worth mentioning, fellas, before you wrap this one totally up? No, let's rock and roll. Right on. Okay, well, I guess good luck in week five, everybody. Uh, that'll do it on behalf of myself, Zach, Armand, as well as Lucas, uh, the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast, as well as 22 Fresh. Uh, thank you very much for listening to episode number 62. Good luck this week, everybody. Take care, and uh, let's talk soon.